Everybody and welcome to Kana Rince's Sound of Play podcast. It's a little bit of a party here. We're having our 150th show. So joining me, Leon Cox, today we have the same crew as who started this whole thing shebang off. It's Ryan Heyman. I've got my party hat on. Of course you have. And Jay Taylor, who's always wearing a party hat and a big <laughs> grin. You wish. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we uh, thought about uh, having a theme show for a, for a, a tenth numbered show, as we do, and uh, the one that came up as being popular, and it seems to be uh, a bit of a theme. Our friend uh, Tom, who also contributes to Kane and Rince, has done a blog over at uh, Laced with Wax, the Lace Records blog. Um, he's got some contributions, including uh, some from uh, Kane and Rince contributors, Michiel and Jacob Geller as well. And he's doing, he's done a piece all about vocal tracks from video games, and so are we. So there it is. You can seek that out, and you can listen to... Well, a big, hefty, hearty selection of songs. Uh, I think uh, one Sound of Play listener uh, criticised us for referring to tracks or pieces as songs, uh, which we still do from time to time. It's just a colloquial thing. doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> uh, but today, these are all, you can definitely call all of them songs, apart from maybe the one that's an aria. And, well, I don't know. We open there with an a cappella piece. Uh, I'm going to say Using synthesized voices. And so we're already really kind of stepping back on what yeah. we promised. It's true. I did think that. But clearly it is samples. It mm -hmm. was originally at some point the samples used in A Secret Course by Koji Kondo from Super Mario Sunshine were human voices at one stage. Right? Do you reckon? Uh, potentially. I mean, I always think it's like um, in the old days of uh, creating synthesized keyboards and stuff, sometimes mm. they might have to create these sounds that um, it's like pineapple flavored candy. Did they start by adding pineapple extract into it <laughs> or did they just like experiment with chemicals until they came up with something that tasted like pineapple? Yeah, that's a good point. Which probably explains why talking about fruit flavored uh, sweets is... While I can't stand bananas in real life, I quite like banana-flavoured sweets. 
How about banana runts? That's a real controversial one with people. Banana what's? Runts. Do you know the uh, the Wonka candy, the little ones that are hard to look like? Uh, oh, little yes, we do. Well, I think we do have those, but I never, I never really eat them. Oh, I don't know. What, what do they taste like? Uh, well, um, it depends on who you ask. The banana ones in particular are the real controversial ones, as I said. Um, I really like them, uh, mm. but a lot of people say that they taste like toothpaste. So, yeah. Uh, banana flavored toothpaste? It might be one of those things like... Uh, do you have that in America? <laughs> banana flavored toothpaste? Yeah. I'm sure I could find some. Uh, yeah. I really hunted it down, but it, it doesn't sound like a great <laughs> idea. Okay, well, so what we come back to is the fact that the opening track to this show is the musical equivalent of <laughs> banana flavored toothpaste. That is the Super Mario Sunshine track. Uh, we covered Super Mario Sunshine back in our Mario series uh, during that, of course, at the appropriate point, which happens to be issue 121. And uh, I think um, many people who, like for me, Super Mario Sunshine is probably my least favorite Mario game. It's certainly down there for various reasons, but the void levels and that acapella uh, incarnation of the iconic Super Mario theme was one of the highlights for me. So I thought it would work as a, as a good way to open the show, something familiar. It's a nice throwback to Super Mario 64, which used a lot of synthesized voices. And that might be kind of what they're trying to bring back here because uh, these secret courses were a little bit more, not retro, but based on mm. some of the more like abstract levels yes. that you would get in Mario 64, Absolutely. especially the like run-ups to the Bowser fights and everything. Totally and so right. I wonder if yeah. that was what was kind of in their mind. They've kept synthesized voices throughout the years in the uh, new Super Mario series, wah. especially. Wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it was one of the things that I, I didn't care for that much about the Mario 64 soundtrack. I mean, it's fun going back as a nostalgia piece, but mm. um, you know, it's always kind of what put me off of that soundtrack originally, but hearing oh, okay. it in future iterations and kind of assimilating that into the Mario sound has uh, warmed me to it over the years. How about the synthesized whistle, though? <laughs> that. uh, that's kind of fun. It's a. It doesn't sound good as an instrument, but it has a real uh, has a real kind of pleasant energy to it. So I can kind of forgive the, uh, the harshness of the sound. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so uh, can you believe it's been approaching, it's, it's three and a half, approaching four years since we really? did our first show. Oh. Yeah, October Jeez. 29th, 2014. It would have been a Halloween special had we been going a while already, <laughs> but we couldn't start with a Halloween special, especially given the nature of our Halloween specials. Yeah, I'd love to be involved in one of those one of these years, but uh, I don't know, I'm always <laughs> called away on something. Yeah, yeah. But yes, uh, thinking of uh, talking of things with a, a, a bit of spirit and a bit of familiarity, uh, something we've featured before, uh, especially in your shows, Ryan, is uh, is Parappa. But uh, mm. but I felt like we could have uh, we could get this party started proper with uh, with the the epic showdown finale from the original Papa, Parappa the Rapper. Yeah, uh, this is in Parappa one and in Parappa two. Actually, the the mm. final level is a uh, live rap with MC King Kong Mushi. He's an ant, I think, or mm. uh, I, yeah, I guess ants have that many arms, um, but he's uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, some sort of an insect anyways, um, but he gathers all of the masters that you've uh, rapped with throughout the game on stage. It's a little bit less special because you already had an all masters rap, a couple of uh, of stages ago and that one is really special that's really something yeah. um but in this one it's more of a celebration 
Uh, it's a little bit easier than some of the tracks that you uh, had already beaten. And so it's meant to be True. kind of like a victory lap more than anything. Yeah. But I really like a couple things about this in particular is um, one, I like that in the Parappa games, as you start to do a little bit worse, the instrumental and the backing vocals and everything change as you go from bad to awful, mm. um, you know, if you miss mm. the notes or whatever. And as you uh, lower down in the rankings, some of the masters kind of drop out of the mix when they're yeah. supporting you with the uh, backing vocals during the chorus. And I think when you're on awful, it's just uh, Master Prince Flea Swallow, who is the kind of Rasta frog who Rasta frog? runs the um, runs the the flea market. Yeah, and uh, it's just kind of fun to hear his voice in isolation singing that backing piece. Also, uh, another thing about not this track in particular, but the the version from um, Parappa the Rapper Two is that uh, they give you a chance to kind of lead the track at one yeah. point the will and smith kind of call and response yeah I, don't, yeah I don't know if he started it but that's who i associate it with yeah right and so you know as you'll hear in, in this track uh, mc king kong mushu leads you in a everybody say ho and then you know you're supposed to respond to that they uh, end the track uh, in Parappa 2 the same way, but they let you do that call and response piece. And it's fun because if you hammer the button or do your own rhythm on that, then the crowd responds in in yeah, um, yeah. in a similar way. And if you're trying so, to rap cool, which is much easier on your second playthrough, you really need to kind of go to town with yeah, the ad-libbing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of fun to hear the uh, audience repeat back, ho, 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 uh, yeah. because you can really just do whatever you want with them. Um, but yeah, anyways, this is a fun track. I really like in particular, there's just one line. I kind of wish they did more with this where he combines a few, uh, lines from various songs from earlier in the game. Yes. It says, uh, kick, punch, chop. I got the funky flow. M I X the flower into the bowl. Yeah. It's like, oh, we had an adventure together. Haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> you sure did. Anyway, well, this is the sing along a special. That's what I've dubbed it. So uh, if you are listening at home, <laughs> do join in with and just follow along Masuras. with the bouncing ball on the bottom of the screen and sing along with us. Ah, oh, if only. Yeah, Jay, can you sort that? <laughs> oh, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is, Rapper the Rapper, nineteen ninety six. Yo yo yo! Check this out. It's party time. Party time in the house. Everybody, I'm wondering how you feeling out there. Check this out. Somebody say ho.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. There it was. The party has been started by MC King Kong Mushy, Parappa and Co. Parappa's live rap. Now, you may or may not be able to sing along with this. The lyrics are certainly out there. This is Jay's first selection, and it's by the composer known only as Traditional. Well, yeah, I mean, this this particular version's uh, credited to Sean Dager, which oh. um, I think he, he coordinated the soundtrack for the uh, sea shanties for Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Oh, cool. But yeah, I mean, it's not quite parappa, is it? But... I don't know. Actually, saying that these these were like these were like the hits of the day, weren't they? Yeah. So, and they were yeah. to get they were you know talking about getting the party started, but this was yeah. to get people going, get people moving, get people yeah. working. Traditional uh, sea shanties also have a little bit of a call and response thing to them as well, so it's totally. actually a pretty appropriate follow up. And, and it's surprising, really, how well these songs. I mean, I guess like like a, any kind of great song, it, it stands the test of time. And it's surprising that even even when you're playing the game and these things are going off in the background, it's like it's kind of awesome and they're really good. And the album's got loads of these in there. Yeah, I was uh, I'm quite taken with them. How many honest. are there uh, in the game? Do you know? Uh, well, there's there's some that are kind of so there's a whole there's two sort of sides to this. There's the actual sea shanties that are sung on the ship, and then there's like classic songs that are sung in the uh, the bars and the sort of the pubs mm. that you find along the way. So there's probably at least, I haven't done a count, but there's at least a dozen different shanties, um, maybe more. And you um, pick, picked uh, Randy Dandio for any particular reason? Not really. There was there was probably about three that really stood out to me, ones that I liked, um, but I couldn't pick. So I just went blind and, and just random choice between the three of them. And this one came out on top. I don't know. It's it, there's something about sort of uh, what I really like about these is just the the simplicity of it, where it's just voices, no instruments. Mm. You know, it's not. I guess in the same way that a cappella works, but on, on, this is all kind of on a different level altogether. But there's something quite powerful about it as well. And I can totally see how if you were on a ship and somebody sort of cranked one of these out, it'd be like, yeah, you can totally get with it. Now you're ready to sail for the horn. Hey, roll and go Our boots and our clothes, boys, are all in the pawn To me rollicking randy dandy oh. Heave up, oh, heave away Hey, hey, roll and go The anchor's on board and the cable's all stored To me rollicking randy dandy oh. Soon we'll be warping her out through the locks. Way, hey, roll and go. Where the pretty young girls all come down in their frocks. Give me rollicking randy dandy, oh. Heave up, oh, heave away. Way, hey, roll and go. The anchor's on board and the cable's all stored. To be rollicking randy dandy, oh. Come breast the bars, bullies, heave her away. Way, hey, roll and go. Soon we'll be rolling her down through the bay. To be rollicking randy dandy, oh. Heave up, oh, heave away. Way, hey, roll and go. The anchor's on board and the cable's all stored. To be rollicking randy dandy, oh. 
So that was Randy Dandio, a traditional tune. Uh, who was the, the fellow who put it together for Assassin's Creed 4, Jay, did you say? Uh, Sean Dager. He's one of several. There's like several uh, composers that are accredited for the sea shanties. That one in particular and several of the others are accredited to Sean Dager. There's mm-hmm. another guy called Clayton Kennedy and Niels Brown who are also involved in some of the other shanties. Cool. Well, uh, we covered Assassin's Creed 3 on the Cane and Rinse podcast some time ago now, so the next one that we do cover should be Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. We may or may not get to it, depending on what we have lined up for the next volume, but uh, but there it is. Now we have something quite different. Uh, I sort of surprised myself by picking this one in, in a way, uh, and also it's a surprise that we haven't featured anything from the Twisted Pixels stable before on Sound of Play, as far as I could recall. Uh, this was from Splosion Man, and it's the Donuts Go Nuts song. Um, it's very, very, as with their games, uh, for me, it's very much just on the border. Everything they did really uh, or do that I've experienced was just on the border between quirky and irksome or quirksome, <laughs> as uh, as Mark Kermode has it. Uh, sometimes this kind of humor can stray into the zany territory, which is a bad territory uh, from my point of view. But a lot of the time, I think they managed to pull it off. Their first game, The More, I thought was actually quite sweet and charming. And then Splosion Man sort of started off with a certain amount of of charisma. Uh, And certain elements of it I I did enjoy, although uh, I don't think that they quite managed to nail the the feel of controlling a, a character in a game like that that you need you need it to be super crisp and responsive and, and to me Splosion Man was always just that touch too spongy however the Donuts Go Nuts song uh, was a, a standout moment uh, something a little bit different this uh, whimsical Payan 2 eating delicious donuts by Matt Cheney so here it is from almost 10 years ago now and Splosion Man The take me to a simple time when things weren't quite as wild. One of those very special things that does it every time is a donut and a glass of milk. It makes me feel so fine. Everybody loves donuts. Lord knows I do. Share a few donuts, donuts, oh, donuts, donuts, oh, 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 donuts,
those please Don't hold back on those bed claws now I need me some yum yums and some cream filled round You wanna get fancy, I'm right there with you Let's get some fast knocks and some crooked butchers You wanna keep it simple, I'll take a jelly roll But just don't dare forget about the sprinkles, oh If you wanna go for one, you can get a tukali A crop and a bosh and a pumpkin kookali If you wanna get fancy, I'm right there with you Let's get some fast knocks and some broken butcher If you wanna keep it simple, I'll take a jelly roll But don't dare forget about the sprinkles, oh Everybody loves donuts Lord knows I do Possibly three out of four songs we've played so far in this sing-along a special that could be classed as silly. Um, and <laughs> we have got some more serious stuff coming up. But before we do, uh, <laughs> we've got Ryan here. And of course, I would say that almost inevitably meant in a vocal special that we had to have something from uh, from the rhythm, rhythm Heaven Stable. Yeah, there's not a lot of songs in uh, in those games that have vocals. I think probably yeah. because the first... One started on Game Boy Advance, and so it might have just established itself as more of a uh, of a uh, instrumental lead, mm, uh, just leg the occasional series. sample. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You get some uh, some nice vocal interjections, but uh, it's not super often that you get mm. one that is a a full on song, so yeah. to speak. But this one is uh, this one first appeared in uh, Rhythm Heaven on the DS, mm. and then came back for Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix on the 3DS. And it's called Fan Club, or the uh, the title of the song itself is Thrilling Is This Love. And I really like this track because, of course, the scenario that you hear it in is uh, very silly. You are, um, you are not controlling the uh, pop idol uh, woman singer on stage uh, as she is uh, singing out to her audience. Uh, but instead, uh, you hear... Um, but instead, you're controlling uh, one of the monkeys in the audience that is tasked with <laughs> clapping along and uh, just being a good audience member. Um, the uh, the proper instructions are anytime she repeats the same word three times in a row, you clap four times. And whenever she says the phrase, I suppose, you do a uh, different kind of clapping pattern. You'll, you'll catch on as you go. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember it. It's coming. It's coming yep, back. Yep. Uh, my favorite thing about this track in particular is that there is a video on YouTube 
of a live performance of this track, the Japanese version. Um, so if you search uh-huh. for Rhythm Heaven Live on YouTube, then you can find this. It's this real like young girl that's um, singing this song in front of an audience. And uh, I, I guess the games are much more popular over there because the audience is doing mm-hmm. everything exactly right. And it's it's oh. unbelievable. Like even, uh, I mean, going to concerts and seeing everyone uh you know, clapping along with the songs or singing along or whatever. It's, it's fun, but like, I've never seen any audience this well-coordinated before. (laughs) They're so enthusiastic and they're so on point that uh, it's really impressive. Maybe it's a Japanese thing. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's just the dedicated fans of, of Sunk's work here that uh, come together to, uh, to listen to this great concert. But I would definitely recommend looking that up. It's, it's really something. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, this is Thrilling Is This Love from Rhythm Heaven. That's the only way to end a song like that. <laughs> Thrilling is this love uh, from originally from the DS game and then re-included in the Mega Mix package, which you can still get for your 3DS or 2DS. If you've still got one of those delightful little handheld machines knocking about. So uh, that was the silly section. There may be some more silly stuff in the not too distant future, but actually we've also got some rather beautiful and atmospheric pieces as well. And uh, this is the first of such pieces for this podcast. Jay, tell us about uh, Gathering Wood. Right, this is from the the album from, well, I refer to it as the album. It's the soundtrack mm. to the, the Flame and the Flood. Now, I haven't, I've, I've literally only just started playing this. I, oh, I bought right. it uh, probably about six or seven weeks ago on sale. But I've listened to this album probably more than any other game soundtrack in recent years. Like, it mm. is constantly sort of on my playlist. And I'm blaming, I think it was Flabio, chose a track from this, from the forum, um, right. from a, way back on, on one of the earlier shows. So, you know, as I was, I think, I, you know, I was editing that show. So I'm listening to this track thinking, this is really good. Like, this is not what I expected from this album, from this, um, for the soundtrack for this game. So mm-hmm. I listened to the whole album. And it is strange because when you play the game, it's like that. these are, the game has, at this point, uh, this and believe me, I'm, I'm I'm talking about like one hour of gameplay on this, so I can't yeah. gauge whether it changes. But it's they're all instrumental versions on and in the game, but the soundtrack is basically vocal songs. So, um, but it's fantastic. It's really good, mm. and it's so not what I would have like. 
when people assume, like when you say you're listening to a game soundtrack, they'll they'll think chip tune or they'll think something along those lines. I'm I'm talking particularly about people who don't play video games, but this album really caught me off guard because it is really unlike any kind of video game soundtrack. It's like a proper album with with you know from uh, from a proper musician. I suppose. Well, sorry, that's <laughs> yeah. That now yeah. I'm just riled everybody up, but it's just you know what I mean. <laughs> but it's. Because like he's so Chuck Reagan, who's the guy who's who's come up with this soundtrack. I mean, he's an established sort of singer songwriter and so on, isn't he? Outside of video games, and I I don't right. believe he's done video game stuff before, but I could be wrong about that. Mm, I'm not sure. But this album's incredible. Like, yeah, I should just shut up because I'm waffling. But I'm just gonna yeah, this song's amazing.
Chuck Reagan and Gathering Wood from The Flame in the Flood. Yes, that's one of those pieces. Uh, there have been many of which uh, featured on Sound of Play over the last three and a half years where I've heard the piece and that's made me want to play the game more than I did before I heard the piece. Uh, I hope that uh, has a similar effect on uh, you folks listening out there. So The Flame and the Flood is a game we haven't yet covered on Kane and Rince podcast, our other podcast, where we, we review games in depth. But uh, to hark back to a couple of the other tracks we've played, we have covered the Rhythm Heavens series back in issue 45 of the main podcast. Uh, the other podcast, I should say. And also we did uh, Parappa the Rapper and Um Jamalami show in Kane and Rince 120. Uh, we also had some, we've had some Parappa before on Sound of Play and uh, Ryan here even did an kind of Um Jamalami special Kana Rint 75 going through that soundtrack track by track. This next one is kind of a classic, kind of a magnificent piece of work. It's not a piece that I actually am yet overly familiar with. It's from the legendary Super Nintendo game Final Fantasy VI, the 1994 game from Square, which was the third 16-bit Final Fantasy. So listeners to the other podcast will know that we are working our way through the Final Fantasy series, the main series of numbered games at this point. We are up to, we've you've heard the shows for one, two and three. We're recording the show for four, actually after this, the, this very evening as I record. Uh, so six is coming up. It's a game that I've wanted to play. I knew it first as Final Fantasy three. It was an American import that I didn't have because I didn't have a multi-region Super Nintendo but I remember the magazine at the time Futures Super Play magazine just endless articles about this incredible RPG and they would often refer to this insane operatic section this lengthy piece this uh, this scene where the game kind of breaks off and and turns into a show of its own the original version uh, uses the Super Nintendo's sound chip to create something approximating an opera with, of course, the composer Nobuo Uematsu doing sterling work in that regard. But I thought for this show, uh, while we don't have too much uh, stuff from the you know, pre-CD uh, console era for obvious reasons, because we're mainly covering vocal tracks, although they did exist, I thought it would be nice just to have uh, as lush a version of this track as I could find. So we're going to hear the uh the aria di mezzo caratere if that if that's how you say it caratere i'm not quite sure to be honest uh but this is a version that's recorded live by the swedish radio symphony orchestra and with uh, a stunning vocal by sabina zwayaka
Maria di Mezzo Caratteri. Caratteri. Apologies for mangling that, listeners. It's Nobuo Uematsu from Final Fantasy VI, and we'll be covering that game in another four months' time or something like that. Uh, Finally, I will get to play the legendary Final Fantasy VI. Um, It's a good one. Yeah. I'm hoping very much that I enjoy it more than I've enjoyed any of them up to this point <laughs> put it that way but yes we shall see um, maybe I've left it too late <laughs> it's tw- 24 years old now but um, yeah it's uh, it promises to be uh, an experience anyway now we have back to the silly stuff we have featured uh, a track or two from Loco Roco before but I think we've actually played Yellow's theme twice mm. weirdly and none of the others so the soundtrack album which I know that I have I believe Jay has yeah. you may have it as well Ryan uh, yeah yeah everyone's <laughs> got this soundtrack album um, it has versions of the uh, Loco Roco main theme for all of the different coloured Loco Rocos and they all have a different voice they all have a different style of vocal um for some reason we played yellows twice but uh ryan you've brought blues for us this time why blues? Yeah, actually uh this one isn't blues interpretation of the main theme uh because everyone does oh, that but then apologies. they all have their own like individual mm-hmm. musical theme that they sing as well so everyone has like ah, two right. themes kind of um sure uh, but yeah this is a a piece called uh tajia natata i i don't know it's blues yeah. theme from loca roco and this was for me like it's still pretty early on in the game blue is the second color that you unlock these little characters uh they all kind of function uh more or less the same with with some little uh deviations in uh in their play style but uh but you go through the the yellow series of levels and then the blue series of levels and as you are introduced to each new color uh, on their stage they spend the entire stage singing a song that uh, kind of represents their personality and unfortunately i think when you go back to those stages later you don't get that same um that same song it goes back to this the default music so this is really like an experience at once type thing uh which is too bad Mm. unless i'm mistaken uh but um this was for me one of those moments where like the game really just clicks and where you think like okay this is something special I mean, I liked the game to that point, but I feel like when I got here and especially like once I started kind of flying through the sky, I remember this one was, uh, I think there was some like trampoline type mechanics and you were bouncing all over this level. And, and this guy was uh, singing this, this really loungy song that always to me had the like association of something you would hear in like a soap opera or something, a uh, very dramatic, very, mm-hmm. uh, very crooning, you know, it's a, it's very silly. I don't know. Something about it just really kind of sold me on the uh, on the formula as I was just controlling this little bit of slime bouncing in front of the uh, the midnight sky with the moon in the background. And uh, I don't know. Something it just uh, it just really stuck with me. <laughs> uh, this is composed by Nobuyuki Shimizu, Keme Adachi, and with vocals by Greg Irwin. Tajanata Kobura Kabura pole, no 
Tajanatata, a blues theme from Loco Roco from the uh, 2006 PSP game. Uh, there is now, I believe, uh, there's a remastered version on PS4, isn't there? I don't know if it works quite as well uh, on a on a home system, but sure. Yeah, remastered version um, of just the first Loco Roco. Um, although I guess yeah. it's just running on a uh, PSP emulator. Emulate. So <laughs> there <laughs> yeah. we go. Yes, that's been outed. Uh, yes, char- charging you all over again for that. But hey, if you want to play the game, it would have been nice if they'd kind of bundled the two together, I think. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to a developer talk with uh, to, uh, to Tomu Kuono. Apologies for my pronunciation. The director of that game who had come from Team Eco to work on uh, on that game for for Sony Computer Entertainment Japan, and uh, he was uh, he was a very endearing chap. Probably the most interesting thing, one of many cool things about Loco Roco is the fact that we've you know, I've dubbed this the sing along a special. 
all the lyrics in Loco Roco are nonsense language or they're a made up language. The idea being that they wanted uh, anyone to be able to sing along and, and for it not to just have Japanese lyrics that would potentially alienate uh, listeners around the world. And the idea being that no matter what uh, region you're in, what, whatever your native tongue is, you can sing along with Loco Roco and you'll be singing the same words as everyone else, which I think is really sweet. Uh, but it does take a bit of learning. Um, the main theme... Uh, starts off something like Bajumbo Moi Noi Noi Jeka Dabato Bunker Gate Jun Jun Nora Joake Roto Pura Pura Peto and so on. Just, um, just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> it's out there. It's out there. But I, yeah, I, part of me would, I would, yeah. If I was going to learn a language, I might learn Loco Roco. <laughs> <laughs> so a, more, a slightly more recent uh, Sony handheld game was Tearaway. We featured uh, Tearaway on the main podcast, Kane and Rince. We've also had, we've been very lucky to have uh, Kenny Young, Kenneth C.M. Young, uh, as a guest on Sound of Play, uh, but nothing to stop Jay having uh, bringing uh, this piece to this 150 Sound of Play special. Uh, why the message? Speaking of things you can sing along to, regardless of what language you speak. Um, I, I just, I, I, I love the soundtrack. I love the game. I was actually struggling to come up with when I was got when we talked about this show. I was looking through mm-hmm. all the soundtracks for video game soundtracks I've got and, and looking for ones with lyrics. And it's yeah. surprising how few that I've actually got with that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was sort of just thumbing through these tracks on this album and came across the message, and it kind of has lyric. Well. It's hard to. It's not. You, I wouldn't call them lyrics. I mean, unless I'm, mm. correct me if I'm wrong. But you know, it's more of kind of, you know, them just going la 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 la. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's got voices um, treated to make them sound sound like Definitely. squirrels. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. but nonetheless, so I figured this will this will work. <laughs> but it's actually a really it, within the part of the, the the game as well. It's quite a moving track. Like it yeah. has, there's, you know, the, our, uh, you know, the, the, the part of the game where this, this scores is, is quite memorable. So, yeah, I thought this would, this would work. Yeah, join in, everyone. All you need to know is la, pretty much.
from 2013's Tearaway and, of course, the uh, the Unfolded, was it they called the PS4 yeah. version? Slightly remixed mm-hmm. version. Uh, Kenny Young and Brian Dolivera. Uh, yes, yeah, still a game well worth checking out. We covered it back in Kane and Rince podcast issue 138. I can barely believe it's that wow. long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Kane and Rince podcast issue 192, we covered the Sensible Soccer series. Now, this won't mean a whole lot to uh, Ryan and Jay here for various reasons. Uh, but uh, but those of us on the show, me, Carl and uh, CJ, must have been CJ. Yeah, surely. Um, Coffee Jesus uh, talking 8-bit. 16-bit, I should say, football. It looks 8-bit, but it's 16-bit. Uh, so, yes, this was one of the earliest uh, song song songs I can remember from video game. It was only on the intro, uh, but uh, they expanded it out. The version you'll hear is from the CD32 version, So it's uh, whereas the Amiga original was just uh, kind of a fully sampled rendition. This is actually uh, Redbook Audio, I believe. Um, the studio version of the song, uh, it was actually written by uh, one of Sensible Software's founders, John Hare, who ha- uh, played in bands in his spare time, was, was a b- bit of a musician, also uh, wrote War's Never Been So Much Fun, which we have featured on the show before from Cannon Fodder. Richard Joseph was a programmer and the vocal here was always credited to Jackie Reed, who I know nothing else about really. Uh, but yes, this is a very silly song indeed uh, about scoring goals in football from Sensible World of Soccer 1994. Goal-scoring superstar hero Goal-scoring superstar hero
So that uh, main credit goes to John Hare with vocal by Jackie Reed, Sensible World of Soccer, goal scoring, superstar hero. And actually, I was surprised when we come when we came to put this list together. Jay was uh, rightly saying there that perhaps there aren't so many uh, vocal songs from video games, but I was surprised. And um, Ryan queried this as we were putting it together too. But I actually ended up with a, a list uh, of. 50, 60, 70 different songs. Um, that included some stuff that I elected not to pick because it was stuff that I just didn't know. There's a lot of stuff from RPGs, JRPGs in particular, which I'm not familiar with. There was a lot of stuff we've played before, so that counted out for about 20 or something songs. Um, so we've been left with this selection of uh, quality vocal music, or at least fun vocal music from games that we've never played before. And again, this next one was a surprise to me. We featured various versions of the songs from uh, Bastion, but we hadn't picked this song before from Transistor, which uh, reunites Darren Corbin, Ashley Barrett. Tell us about this one, Ryan. The Transistor soundtrack is, uh, I mean, pretty high quality all throughout. Like it's a good album, even on its own. It's one of those that I would you know, put in front of uh, people who aren't game fans. Uh, I think there's a lot of crossover yeah. appeal there. And um, I feel the same way about Bastion, their previous yeah, work. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's um, a few tracks in here. I think the main character in this game is a singer. Uh, and so I think a few of mm-hmm. these songs are performed um, not in-game, but they're like records that you collect uh, that are hers. Yeah. And uh, they're they're really cool. They have this nice mix of like lounge and electronic it's like kind of futuristic lounge um you know which is something that you don't necessarily associate with uh with future although it takes on a kind of a future noir setting so i guess it makes sense in that in that regard but uh just these beautiful songs i really like this one in particular this is called the spine uh it actually like a lot of the songs in the game refers to stuff that you're going to come into contact with Uh, at your various points uh, in your journey. Yeah, and so at one point in the game, you come across the spine of the world. Uh, I think it is uh, one of the bosses, if I remember correctly, Um, and also one of the uh, locations. Um, But uh, yeah, it's it's a really haunting electro lounge piece that, uh, I don't know, does does the soundtrack proud. (laughs) I'm, uh, I, I haven't, done that much investigating into the soundtrack of um of this uh studio's new game what is it called is it it's a one mm. word pyre is it yeah it's a kind of uh odd fantasy sports yeah, game yeah. it's on my on my wish list but i haven't played it yet it's a, it's a bit of an odd one it reviewed pretty yeah. well but no one really seems to be talking about it i think it's a it's one of those where it's such a weird idea that it feels like a bit of a hard sell if somebody were to say yeah. you know because we're we're not uh, starved for indie content these days, and so um, games have to really kind of grip somebody from the off to uh, to get them to buy in in the first place, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, so I think people weren't necessarily wanting a fantasy basketball game or whatever kind of sport it emulates. Uh, but I think those who have uh, gone into it and those who have uh, put the time in have said nothing but good things about it and said that it's really special. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I consider that a high recommendation from people that I trust. So I, I will eventually, and I'm looking forward to especially the music in that one because they do some fantastic stuff. But uh, yeah, let's listen to The Spine from Transistor. Transistor. 
Transistor there. We covered that game back in Kane and Rinse podcast issue 183. That was with Ryan here, James and Sean. I finished that game too, but I didn't, I, I can't remember if I'd finished it at that point and I just didn't have in, uh, anything interesting to say about it. I'm not sure. Uh, it didn't grab me as much as Bastion, which I've completed multiple times. But uh, but yeah, great music nonetheless. Now, I think I'm right in saying when Jay Ryan and I sat down and recorded the first sound of play, Jay brought something from uh, your, your, I think we can say, beloved Metal Gear Solid 4 soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, a piece that, yeah. that always uh, sends shivers down your spine. Now, this time you've brought something from a game which hadn't even been released at the time we recorded that show. This is from the uh, somewhat divisive. They're all divisive, aren't they? Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain, uh, a vocal version of Quiet's theme. There's um, two versions of this. There's, there's Quiet's theme that's sung by Stephanie Judson, who is also basically okay. the... the the model and yeah. motion performer for Quiet herself, mm. and it's not a bad version. I was I was really struggling which one to go for, and it's it's not a slight against Stephanie Judson's singing voice because I think no. she she does surprisingly well, which isn't an easy song. But Donna Burke's got Metal Gear kind of heritage. She's she's you know her her, her vocal talents have been in several of the game soundtracks, and she's just you know. She is a kind of well. She's a multi-talented uh, actress yeah. slash singer, but she, um, but this version I think just, just pipped it to the post, uh, just because uh, she, you know, she has a, a stronger voice. Birds in the sky carry these words for me. Life tasted sweet and let me live, let me breathe.
So Donna Burke with the vocal there. She's, uh, as Jay says, multi-talented, uh, a businesswoman, her Wikipedia says, as well as uh, singer and voice actor. Uh, born in Australia mm. in 1964. She's the voice of the Shinkansen uh, on Tokaido, uh, the, the Tokaido service in Japan since 2005. She also does voices in uh, anime, stuff that I'm not familiar with, but you might be. Princess Sesame, Mainichi Kasan, Strange Dawn. Um, and she's been in a, a load of games. She's in uh, ARMS most recently. Um Various Metal Gear Solids, but going as far back as uh, Silent Hill 2, Virtual Fighter 4, and even the original Shenmue. Uh, so, yeah, we should definitely celebrate her contribution to the games industry up to this point. Another uh, similarly uh, talented vocalist is Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. We're going to hear from her now. Again, this is a pick for me that isn't necessarily one that I am, you know, personally, I wouldn't consider this one of my sort of all time favorite songs uh, or whatever. But I think it's a, a cracking song from video games uh, that uh, and it comes from a, yeah, a cool game. Uh, we covered the entire Silent Hill series on Kane and Rince a few years back. Seek them all out. Uh, and as I've mentioned more than once before, not just to show off, but also because it was an experience worth sharing. I was lucky enough to see when Akira Yamaoka toured. Uh, live with some live shows he came to Brighton and uh, and this was one of the, the tracks that really went down a storm with the crowd it wasn't Mary Elizabeth McGlynn uh, doing the vocals it was another young lady whose name uh, escapes me not no one particularly famous but she she did a good job apart from a couple of times where she forgot the lyrics but I'm guessing she maybe she wasn't overly familiar with the uh, with the oeuvre um, but yeah this is uh, a rocking number and uh, yeah enjoy it you're not here
So as I say, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn is a vocalist there. She, like uh, Donna Burke before, has done a ridiculous amount of uh, voice work for animation, uh, including things like Star Wars Rebels and anime, including Street Fighter 2 and Ghost in the Shells, uh, Standalone Complex, Digimon, and uh, oh, yeah, just so much stuff, uh, a ridiculous amount of uh, game stuff as well from Starcraft and Diablo, Dragon's Dogma, uh, Devil May Cry, just almost yeah, a huge CV of stuff. And again, another uh, talent who we're absolutely, I think we're right to feature on this sing-along special for Sound of Play. Another name I think that applies to, uh, who's uh, someone we have featured before, uh, we've had her Plants vs. Zombies song, of course, on Sound of Play. But I was surprised we haven't played this one on Sound of Play before. Ryan, tell us about Everything's Alright. Yeah, Everything's Alright is not the theme song, but a, uh, a song composed for To the Moon. Uh, we talked about Parappa the Rapper earlier, which was my favorite first Kanan Rinse uh, podcast that I recorded on. And I think to the, Rune, uh-huh. to the Moon was one of the really early ones that I was on as well. So this is kind of a fun uh, throwback for me. <laughs> also 2014, yeah, summer yeah. of 2014. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, um, Everything's All Right is a just a real kind of sweet, melancholy song about this, um, about the adventure you go on in this game. Uh, Laura has such a, a such a kind singing voice, and I think that uh, she and Kanagawa really got along really well together when they were um, uh, when they were working on on this contribution to the soundtrack. Um, it it blends really nicely with everything else that's on the soundtrack. And uh, actually, Laura went on to create her own game. I think it was just that's last right. year called uh, Rack mm. Rackwin. Uh, R-A-K-U-E-N. I don't know exactly how yeah. that's supposed to... Raquen? Raquen? Yeah, uh, yeah something along, along those lines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, she does a bunch more music for that, um, both instrumental and vocally performed. Uh, her YouTube channel has a lot of uh, vocal covers of uh, video game songs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if that's the kind of thing that you're into, um, she's definitely prolific as far as that goes. Um, but uh, yeah, this was the first track of hers that I really... Um, was aware of i mean i'd played plants vs zombies but i didn't know her as a uh as a name before to the moon mm. so um yeah i'm a big to the moon fan so uh let's listen to everything's all right
My words always lose their meaning. What I feel, what I say, there's such a rift between them. He said, I can't really seem to read you. I just stood there. Never know what I should do when this world is no more. The moon is all we'll see. I'll ask you to fly away with me until the stars all fall down. They empty from the sky. But I don't mind if you're with me. Then everything's alright. If you're with me, then everything's Yeah, it still gets me a bit, that one, i got to admit. Yeah, as it turns out, not everything was all right. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it all depends on how you look at it. <laughs> there's an anime coming. I wonder if I wonder yeah. if that will feature the same song. I hope so. Uh, it's it's too often the case that uh, people change things for when they ad- adapt games into other media, but I think that's changing as time goes on and as as the the actual work that's the art that's created for games is considered more uh you know i would think with an anime then uh they'd stay pretty true to because almost all anime is adapted from something you know whether it's a manga that came first yeah and so uh, maybe there's a little bit more of a uh, practice of of staying true to the source material or maybe they uh have more experience adapting things and know what works and what doesn't better and are more comfortable changing things who knows Yes, we'll see. I, I don't know if I want a lot of uh, of giant robots in my to the moon anime adaptation. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna close out with a limp biscuit <laughs> number or something like that. Oh boy! Uh, yeah, we <laughs> we covered to the moon in as I say in summer of twenty fourteen in Kane and Rince one three four. Uh, I also uh, featured La- Laura Shigehara in a Music Monday column I used to do, and uh, she saw it and she said. Thank you. And that was nice. We should probably try to get her on this show, you know. Now, back to the silly stuff from the sentimental stuff. I think we've played this. Be- no, no, maybe we, we haven't played, played this before. the Japanese version of this song. Back That's the right. We yeah. played the I Japanese version. I think we played version. the English version on the Kane and Rinse podcast about the game. Because <laughs> I, I do remember hearing it and it is a doozy. <laughs> it is a doozy in full. So this will be the English version. Jay, why have you picked this other than Because it's, it's such an awesome song. Oh, it, it, it's, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Like, I love the Japanese version of this because to me, it's the soundtrack to everything. You could, if, if you, you know, I think I remember saying at the time that, you know, they should use this for a party political broadcast background music because it's just, <laughs> uh, you just immediately want to vote for whoever's using it. You know, it's like, it's just, yeah. it's just pumped up kind of. Yeah. Anyway, the, the one of the, when I was listening to this the other day, I'm, 
the English lyrics are hilarious. Mm. Like, yes. and it's it's so weird that I, you know, I've I've listened to it before, but never really listened to it. And so I gave this a listen through the other day, and it had me, it it cracked me up. I was just thinking, mm. and I couldn't work out whether. And I need to check with Kai over this because she needs to listen to the Japanese version and, and, and give me an idea of whether the lyrics are an adaptation or translation of yeah. the Japanese one or whether it's yeah. just, you know what, we've got to fit something in. Let's just, right, what do you do in the game? Okay, this, this, and this. Okay, they're the lyrics. Sense. Right, That's what we're going to write about um, because it's, it's they're, they're crazy. It's just, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Demon, what am I? It's time for me to choose my path. The power of my God hand, no evil doer will get past. Hand to hand, or fist to fist, kick the nuts or twist your wrist. God power keeps my pimp hand strong, so trust me or you won't last very long. Dragon kick your ass into the Milky Way. Masafumi Takada is the composer. Do we know who the vocalist is on the English language version? Is I've that not got this anywhere? on my um, credits now. No, I had a look, but I couldn't find anything online. So uh, if anyone knows who sings God Hand in English, let us know. Maybe it is Masafumi Takada himself. I do not know. Anyway, we covered God Hand, the legendary cult classic, back in Kane and Rince podcasts, issue 177. A game and a series we still haven't touched on Kane and Rince, and only a couple of times on Sound of Play, actually. 
the Elder Scrolls, the Elder Scrolls series. Now, this theme, this tune, I believe, goes all the way back to the original The Elder Scrolls Arena, which was 1994. And Jeremy Soule was a composer on that as well. The tune returns, I believe, in each and every Elder Scrolls game. But this version is surely the most famous, the most widely experienced, and unbelievably, we'd never played it before. Um, so say what you want about issues that you might have with Skyrim, the way it plays, the combat, the repetition, the emptiness, whatever the things that maybe people who don't like the Elder Scrolls games don't like about the Elder Scrolls games. It's hard to not get something, surely, out of this almighty opening battle cry that is the Dragonborn song from from Skyrim. Uh, guys, do you remember? Uh, I know, Jay, you put a lot of time into Skyrim. Yeah. I'm not sure about you, Ryan, but I mean, th- this is one of those pieces that for me that I would nearly always let run through before mm. I started actually loading my save game each time you know i go back to the oblivion soundtrack quite quite frequently because that really does pull me back into Mm -hmm. uh that that mental space of playing that game for the first time and uh, a lot of those songs are actually really kind of peaceful and uh really relaxing to listen to so it's a nice before bed thing but certainly aren't going to get the same out of this one um i Uh, it's good good before a brawl thing (laughs) i played skyrim originally i um my roommate had pirated it back in uh back in college and so i played his pirated version and uh liked it and so i went to buy it myself and when i bought and uh installed the legal copy i don't know if it was the copy protection or something made it really stuttery and really difficult to play and so i just dropped it was it the ps3 version? no no it was on pc still so i don't know what was <laughs> <All right. laughs> what was going on but it was just it was a worse version than the version that i was previously playing so i was a bit disappointed by that but eh, they got my money mm. they deserve my money so it's it's fine there's a lot of versions of skyrim available to <laughs> yes. play now uh remasters and uh, switch versions vr jay you you had you struggled through with the PS3 version of this with its notorious uh, issues, but you you had a good time with it. But uh, do you do you remember the soundtrack with fondness? Yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of tracks that I've I haven't got the album for this for some reason. This no. surprisingly, mm. given how much time I spent on it, it usually requires me to pick up a soundtrack. But um, yeah, there are some really there's there's one track where you all um, there's one part of the map that plays and it and it's like almost. It's almost just a pure vocal track with just a woman's voice sort of uh, singing quite lightly in the background, mm-hmm. and and that particular track, which I can't remember what it's called, uh, mm-hmm. is amazing. But I th- yeah, but I can't say. I, I mean, it's one of those soundtracks where I can't remember precisely, you know, tracks per se, apart from the one that I've just mentioned. But I, I the moment somebody plays it. It's like immediately I know where I was on the map when I heard that track. You know, yeah. it's just it clicks straight away. You think, ah, Skyrim, yeah. I think the one we have played before and has been requested probably multiple times is uh, Streets of White Run. People, yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, this will get you going. This is the bombastic Dragonborn from Skyrim.
2011, of course, Jeremy Soule. I did ask Jeremy to come on the show, but uh, have yet to have a response. Who knows, maybe someday. Now, this last track for you in our Sound of Play 150 sing-along special is a curious one. I think I didn't know this existed until Ryan selected it for the show. So we have played. We have played Still Alive. We have, I think, played Want You Gone. And this is the the third game or the uh, third song in Jonathan Colton's Gladys song series. This plays over the end credits of Lego Dimensions, actually. I had no Um, idea. Lego Dimensions, it it sells multiple packs of additional content, um, but everything that is sold as a part of the first season of Lego Dimensions, there's a, a portion of time dedicated to those properties in the uh, story mode of the base game so even if you don't buy the additional content you still get to go through your wizard of oz content your portal content and stuff like that there's just additional stuff you can buy on top of that um but it's uh you know they for some reason they selected portal 2 as one of the properties that they wanted to include in lego dimensions it's a weird choice but a lot of the things in Lego Dimensions are really weird choices. You got the A Team and Knight Rider and stuff like that, where it's like I can't imagine that much demand for a Lego Knight Rider these days. But who knows? You know, maybe it's out there. <laughs> but it's it's really fun. They brought Jonathan Colton back. The Lego team always does a really exceptional job of, um, you know, if not game design that's a real controversial point as to whether the uh, the lego games themselves are actually any good uh, but um <laughs> they always do a really good job of of really understanding the properties that they're working with really diving deep into mm. their oftentimes rosters of playable characters of uh, little references to the original properties scattered throughout of being really thorough and really really loving in their adaptations and their portrayals of these properties, whether it's Marvel or Jurassic World, all these, all these properties throughout the years. Um, and so they brought Jonathan Colton back to compose another Gladys song uh, and got yeah. uh, Ellen McLean again to do the vocals for it. And it, yeah. I think it's, uh, it's, it's just about as good as, uh, as the others. It's, it's pretty funny. It's, um, it's another very catchy tune. Um, I actually used this in a uh, remix that I did back in 2015, uh, kind of like the one I did at the end of 2017 that compiled a bunch of music from that year into one long 40-minute mix. I did like a little five-minute version back in 2015 (laughs) and uh, used this track as uh, as, uh, almost the end of that mix, Uh, but I uh, punctuated it at a couple of points uh, with a couple of lines from uh, Thrilling Is This Love, which we had heard earlier in this uh, very same yeah. sound of play, actually, uh, because Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix had also come out that year. And so whenever I yeah. listen to this track, I kind of hear those interjections over it. And mm. uh, it just, um, and uh, it reminds me of that project just as much as it reminds me of the Portal or Lego Dimensions properties. So... I hope that this is a kind of a new discovery for a lot of people because uh, the Gladys songs are great. And, uh, you know, there was one that's uh, maybe less familiar to a lot of people. So uh, you're welcome. Here's a here's another great Jonathan Colton composed Gladys song. All right. Well, before we go, before we hear it, uh, just to let you listeners know, as if you couldn't 
have guessed by now, we have covered the Portal games on Cane and Rinse in uh, issues 126 and 130. Uh, obviously, I, Leon, want to thank Jay and Ryan for, well, not just this show, but obviously putting together the last 150 shows for Cane and Rinse Sound of Play. Uh, a lot of editing has gone on on my behalf as well and presenting in Ryan's case. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to go weekly without Ryan's input, um, which is something we did after, I can't remember, a little while of doing Sound of Play. Um, this show still doesn't get anything like the number of downloads that our other podcast does, but we'll still we'll still keep making it until it does. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> uh, we haven't got any particularly major concrete plans for the future I don't think other than keep doing what we're doing try to get some more uh, composers and interesting guests on from the community and the industry uh, anything you guys want to say about Sound of Play at this 150th point juncture Ooh, uh, I mean it's been a it's been a really fun journey uh, the uh, the specials are a lot of fun whether they're the every 10 um, 10 sounds of play we do a special that mm -hmm. usually tackles the the music of a game series or some sort of theme, uh, just like we've done today. The Halloween and Christmas specials are always uh, <laughs> a real joy um, to take part in and uh, chance for you to play. I mean, you don't have anything to do with the Halloween no, but you know, sometimes said, uh, I contact the guests beforehand and just kind of let the pieces fall into place. Uh, it always ends up coming out <laughs> with something really special. So, uh, you know, kind of wash my hands of responsibility of those otherwise. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good time. We've, um, over this last year, we've uh, experimented with some different formats and we've done some uh, different uh, types of things. And so I hope that we are, you know, still going to um, be able to experiment with new things and, and bring some new voices onto the show and uh, continue to to grow and expand and, uh, you know, keep things fresh uh, in the coming year and uh, in the coming uh, multiple years, perhaps. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm so. just excited to see where this takes us. Yes, and as as I've said before on this show, we had a, a comment a while back. I think it was on an iTunes review, somebody saying in, on the UK iTunes Apple Podcast Store saying, I can't believe they're still coming up with, you know, good music to play after all this time. <laughs> it's like we, we play on average, like on average, maybe 10 tracks a week. And every week, like 15, 20 games come <laughs> out, each with multiple tracks yeah. in. So there's always going to be great music to listen to. There's so many amazing composers and singers, as we've heard today, working that uh, we're never going to run out. The, the only thing that might happen is uh, is the cease and desist if we ever get mm -hmm. big enough. So, But as we've always said, if we get to the point where anyone cares that we're doing this in that sense, <laughs> then, uh, then that's probably a good sign. Jay, anything from you before we sign off? No, just kind of just echoing what you guys have said. Um it's just the easy, easy way out of getting out to say anything, really. Isn't it? But um, but no, I, <laughs> I yeah, I, I, yeah, I just want to. I mean, I'm kind of. I like the idea. That, um, if anybody's listening to this, who's who's got some ideas on where we might, you know, a, a, not a change of direction, but any ideas that might improve the show, then feel free to drop down on the forum and and leave us a suggestion. Yeah, you know, good call. Yeah, we don't get a huge amount of feedback, do we? No, no, no. Regarding People put the tracks on, but you know, if anybody's got any ideas about how we might sort of, you know, tweak the show in some form, then um, I mean, we had that one guy. Yeah, we're not talking <laughs> about that one guy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
All right, everybody. Well, thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Jay. Thank you all for listening to Sound of Play. Tell your friends if you enjoy the show. We think it is worth listening to away from, you know, just listening to your favourite tracks on YouTube or Spotify. We hope to bring a bit more to it than just doing that and curating a set of fun tracks for you each, each and every week, each and every Wednesday on Sound of Play. But until next time, we'll leave you with You Wouldn't Know from Jonathan Coulton and Lego Dimensions. story I forgot how much of a big fat mess you are I've been busy doing science it's been tons of fun so far everything clean nothing on fire all by myself finally I made Talking